You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. COVID-19 proved to be a remarkable adversary, but as many have said before, the show must go on. Boxing made a return with its first card on June 9th with Shakur Stevenson as the headliner. Stevenson truly showcased his specialness in this bout using angles, combination, power, manager distance, and released his inner aggressiveness, a perfect display of his abilities. He outclassed his opponent Caraballo. Everyone knew he would win. The only question was by knockout or unanimous decision. And the answer came in round six when he scored the KO. One can see the influence training with Mayweather and Terrence Crawford has on Shakur Stevenson. Mayweather's defensive prowess and Crawford's mean power and persona. They say he's the next superstar in the making. And I believe it. He has great fighters back at him. The media loves him. He can score KOs when he's aggressive. He has a likable personality and he comes from rough beginnings. He checks all the boxes on the superstar list. And I know everyone is salivating that idea of Stevenson fighting a big name, whether it be Gary Russell Jr. or Leo Santa Cruz. Or maybe he'll move up to 135 and fight some of the champions there. Fights of those magnitude will have to wait till everything is back to normal. Or as normal as we can make it. The third returning ESPN car that premiered on June 16th had Joshua Greer versus Mike Planier as the main event. Greer's a power puncher who has a gimmick of bringing a pillow to the ring, symbolizing the knockout win. Usually when you see it, it meant your ass was grass. But Mike Planier has something to say about that. He came into the fight with a game plan. Stay mid-range and land the looping left, which he did, dropping Greer twice. The odd part to me was Greer willingly accepted the mid-range fight, though he was at a size and reached disadvantage. He never got anything going and failed to establish a jab. Planning was taking a huge lead with the two knockdowns and winning round after round. It was the championship rounds when Greer decided to fight his fight and attempted to control the pace. He got on the inside, smothering plenty of shots to reduce damage and was able to land some of his own big punches. It did expose Plenya's lack of an inside game and capabilities which he just resorted to holding to neutralize as much as Greer as he can. But in the end, Plenya won by majority decision. It should have been unanimous, but even COVID-19 can't stop bad judging in boxing. Here are some of the stats of the fight according to Copybox. Joshua Greer landed 96 total punches out of 426 for 26%. Mike Plania landed 119 total punches out of 451 for 26% as well. And Plania landed 99 power punches to Grizz 77 power punches. How will the near future look for both these fighters moving forward? Well, Joshua Grid needs to climb the ranks again to get a title shot. And if he sharpens his IQ a bit, he could get there within his next few fights. He has good power in offense. He just needs slight adjustments to become a staple in his division. Plania, on the other hand, with this win, he really earned a chance at a belt. Can he win them is for the fans to determine. Did Plania show enough for you to say he can beat Rigandau or the monster himself in UI? You were just listening to the Flurry Podcast hosted by Marquise Rawls. Stay tuned for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous episodes if you haven't done so. You are now listening to the part two of the podcast where I would just go on unscripted rants about boxing and different fighters and basically how I feel in the moment about the sport as a whole. And these won't be no 
well thought out ideas or plans or thoughts about it. It was just me just uh, basically freestyling this. So I'm going to start with one thing in boxing is, and it's kind of obvious, is that us as the fans, we need big fights. And boxing needs to find a way to generate more money for these big fights. As a fan, I'm frankly tired of waiting. And I know the COVID-19 situation has put a lot of things on pause, but I don't think that's an excuse. I really don't. There's no reason why zone shouldn't be having fights. I'm still paying my monthly bill, and I'm pretty sure you're still paying your monthly bill. So zone they're still getting those checks every single month. They still are. But you're going to tell me you can't put a fucking fight up? If top rank could do it, you could fucking do it. And I'm not saying you have to put on these these giant cars like top rank is doing. Top rank, they having two cards every single week. Some week they have three where they be having three, four, sometimes even five fights to occur. I'm not saying that. But I will wholeheartedly accept if they would show if the zone will have if they would do one card every couple weeks and just have a big name fight. If literally tell me not. Tell me you wouldn't love if the zone said, okay, we're gonna do one card every couple weeks, and it's only gonna have two fights, but it's gonna be two big fights. And the first card is gonna be Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Second fight is gonna be Canelo versus Dimitri and uh, Demetrius Andrade, or uh, Billy Joe, or who the fuck ever the zone has access to. Wouldn't wouldn't you like wouldn't you want to watch that? Because at this point. Top rank, they're going with the quantity method. They're pumping out all these fights because we haven't been watching boxing for three months. So any sort of new boxing is basically going to fulfill our needs for wanting to watch boxing. And it did for me in the first um, couple weeks. But this third week, I'm not going to lie, this third week, I... I wasn't feeling it. And that's another thing about I have with boxing right now. And like I said, I understand the COVID situation is going on. I do. I wholeheartedly do. But some of these fucking fights, Jesus fucking Christ, where you find these people at? I'm watching a bunch of just disgustingness. And not all the fights are bad. Trust me, there are some good fights. There was a couple really good fights, but some of these fights is like, how how did they expect us to watch it? There's some fights that I started watching that I didn't even finish. There was this heavyweight fight, and I forget the names of the fighters, man. I should have wrote the name of the fighters down, but there was this heavyweight fight where one of the heavyweight fighters said he hasn't fought in a boxing fight in over 10 years. Over a decade. What? So you telling me that out of all the professional boxers that was active in 2019, right? You couldn't find enough of them that you had to resort to getting a heavyweight fighter who hasn't fought in over a decade. 
is is that how bad or how scared people are of the COVID-19? Is that how bad it is? Because if it is, let me know. If it's really as bad as it is, if it's worse than I think it is, please let me know. But from what I'm looking, I'm seeing a bunch of fighters say that they want to fight now. Right? That's what they're saying. And I I know it's kind of hard to generate the money to get some of these big name fighters. Well, not for the zone because the zone I'm still fucking paying you monthly the zone. And I need I fucking need my fights to zone. I'm I'm still paying that monthly fee. Waive my monthly fee for the next year or so or give me a goddamn fight. But for ESPN where they do have the ESPN Plus, but it's not as much as the zone. And they don't really rely on ESPN Plus solely for boxing. They have their channel, the, the ESPN channel as well. And that's where they're showing most of these fights or all these COVID-19 fights. So I understand it would be a little more difficult and they would have to do um, a little more reaching to, to get these good name fighters. But I think it could be done. And Bob Arum, I trust. Okay, Bob Arum, I trust you. Okay, but I don't want to see none of these bums fighting no more. Jesus Christ, it looked like you got some of these guys straight off of fucking Hillside Avenue in New York, Queens. Like, well, where you fighting these motherfuckers at? Man. Another topic that I've been thinking about. I've actually been thinking about this since last year. Is about Shakur Stevenson, right? Because I really do like him. I really do. And I, if you watch Max on Boxing, Max Kellerman says a lot that he believes that Shakur Stevenson will be one of the many faces that will carry on boxing uh, for years to come. And he will eventually be in the top five pound for pound list. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I see the potential in him. And even though I don't think he's at his peak, I think he still has a little bit more to learn and he could still work on his craft just a little bit more but he is he's as good as a fighter could come right now the uh, that's how i think he's as good as a fighter could come and i'm not saying that he's perfect he's not perfect no fighter has ever been perfect but if i see shakir stevenson against anybody i'm putting my money on him I'm watching this guy and the way that he hits without getting hit, it's it's incredible. And people compare him to Mayweather, but when, and when people compare him to Mayweather, I sort of ask them which Mayweather, right? Because there's two different Mayweathers. There's the pretty boy Mayweather, then there's the money team Mayweather. If you were... Co- if you were to compare Shakira Stevenson to Mayweather, I would say it would be more um, more similar to compare him to the Pretty Boy. Because Pretty Boy Mayweather, he actually threw more punches and he actually got knockouts. And he he was like a little mean sucker out there. And that's how Shakira Stevenson is. Now, I don't really like comparing... Uh, well, there's nothing wrong with comparing, but saying that Stevenson is the next Mayweather... I never really like doing that because Stevenson, he's his own person. It's, it's kind of 
where to try to like morph him morph 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 I said uh, morph you know what I mean it's where to kind of morph him into into Mayweather but Stevenson that guy he he's something serious he really is and like I said if he fights someone I got my money on him and I don't like well, okay, I'm not gonna say I, I don't. I'm not gonna go that far, but I think that because Andre Ward is is his manager, I think Andre Ward's strategy of um, sort of moving Shakur Stevenson slower, I don't like it because from the first time I seen Shakur Stevenson like two and a half years ago, I saw one fight of him and I said, "Oh, that kid is special. He's ready for a fight." He ready for a real fight. Uh, he didn't get it that year. Another year went by. He didn't get it. Another year went by. He didn't get it. And he's here now. And yeah, I believe he's a champion, a world champion, but he still didn't really fight nobody. He didn't really get no big fights. And it's not like there's no big name fighters in the division that he was fighting, right? He was fighting at what one twenty six. There's some pretty, pretty. I'm not gonna say no superstars is in there, but there's some some well known good fighters in that division. And Andre Ward kept saying, "Oh, he's not ready yet. You know, we gotta work on his craft a little more." Which I understand, but it's kind of bullshit to me. It is because. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to disrespect Andre Ward, but Shakur Stevenson is not no Andre Ward. Andre Ward, great fighter. He was number one pound for pound uh, for years in his career. But he's the type of fighter where he's not gonna just take the risk and fight someone. He's the one that he wanted to wait the perfect time. He wanted to to wait. Until he crafted the perfect plan to to defeat his opponent. That's Andre Ward. Not saying there's anything bad about that or nothing wrong about that. But he wanted to wait till he was 100% sure to win a fight. That he was going to win that fight. Not everyone is like that. Maybe Shakira Stevenson. Maybe he doesn't know if he could beat a gay Russell Jr. But... That shouldn't stop him from wanting that fight. How many times have a boxer went to a fight not even knowing? And they may say, oh, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to win and whatever, whatever, whatever. But in their heart of hearts, they probably don't know if they can win that fight. But they still took the fight. They still took the fight. Because fighting a fight that you know you can win... Yes, they're like that's good enough. You can win a fight, but where's the like? There's no real adversity in that. There really isn't. And Andre Ward, he fought some tough fights, but I don't fucking know, man. I just don't think. I don't think the way that they're doing Shakur Stevenson. I don't like it. I don't think it's good for him because. At the rate that they're going right now, and even if you took up the coronavirus um, epidemic and everything that's going on right now, 
even if you took that out, they would still wait another two years just to get him in the ring with uh like another champion or another another high class warrior in the ring. And then by then would we even really be be interested in seeing it? Because I'm not gonna lie, sometimes in boxing I see fighters and I like them and I'm like that person they got it. They got it. And I understand you wanna hone your craft. I do. I wanna hone my craft all the time. Okay? I suck at doing podcasting, but I want to get better, and I'm trying to learn how to get better, okay? And I get it, but you're not going to get better if you just keep sitting on the sidelines trying to dot your I's and cross your T's. You just got to jump into shit, okay? Just get him in the ring with one of these fucking champions, and I don't, like I said, I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I always got my money on Stevenson because I believe in him. And even if he doesn't win, he can learn from the loss. And I know they have this whole thing where uh, boxers don't want to lose. Their managers don't want them to lose. Having that, taking away that zero um, from their record, it's, it's something nasty. But that's only in the business of boxing. And it's kind of funny because I don't think the fans never felt that way. I've never in my life looked at a boxer and said, oh, they got a loss, so they must not be good. I've never said that. Never in my life. I've seen plenty of boxers who have lost multiple losses on their career, and I know that guy's still dangerous. Pacquiao has many losses, and he's still dangerous. Uh, Triple G... Has one loss on his career. He should have two because Sergey beat him. He should have two. But he has one loss on his career and he's still dangerous. Kovalev has what? Three? What? No, four. Kovalev, he lost to Ward twice. Yeah, he has four. He lost to Ward. He got knocked out by Alvarez. And yeah, he has four. And he's still dangerous. Joshua has one. He's still dangerous. When I first heard, when I first saw Lomachenko and I saw his record, he was like, what, three and one or four and one? I was like, four, four and one? You got your first loss within your first five fights? What's going on? Then I watched him and I'm like, oh, that loss, you know, people, they just lose sometimes. You know, sometimes someone, they may have your number or they get the best of you or you may just be having a bad night. Right, but it doesn't. It shouldn't matter. Get Shakur Stevenson into a fucking ring with someone of like a Gary Russell, or even, or even if it's not a Gary Russell, the guy that Gary Russell just fought um in his last fight was got the King Tug guy. Yo, get him in there with him. King Tug is a good, tough young fighter. He'll get Shakur Stevenson a great fight. And Shakira Stevenson hasn't really fought someone even of his caliber. He really hasn't. He was a number one contender. He fought Gary Russell. Yes, did Gary Russell outclass him? Yes, he did. But did he make it a tough fight? And did he uh, 
you know, land some some good hits on Gary Russell. Yes, he did, and I think that he would he would have come um, came out that fight better, and he improved on a little bit of things. So now that he's better than when he fought Gary Russell, now he could fight Shakur Stevenson, and we could see where he's at. And Shakur Stevenson could really um, get a real test, his first real test. Just make it happen. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is this Joshua Greer versus Mike Plania. Um, if you listen to the scripted version of the podcast in the beginning, you heard me talk about it, and um, you know I showed the stats and everything. That fight was it, it was fucking ridiculous, honestly. It really was because I like Joshua Greer. I didn't know I didn't know too much about um Mike Plania and I've probably been saying his name his last name around the entire time but I'm not going to stop. Yeah, and I didn't know t- too much about him though. So I did you know my little research on him and he was he was a good fighter. I think he had one loss of his career. I forgot who it was, but he was a good fighter. And he he even the guy who beat him, he gave him a tough fight. So I knew this is gonna be a little a little tough one for Greer, but same with Chris Stevenson. If I see Joshua Greer fight, I'm betting my money on him, cause I see what he could do. I saw what he could do. I saw his potential to be great. I'm not saying that Joshua Greer was special like a Shakur Stevenson or he had that elite pound for pound capabilities, but I knew that he was a really good fighter. And then he comes into the fight, and he fights like that. He fought the first eight rounds at at a distance in like mid range, and he really did nothing. And I sat there and I'm watching, and I'm like, this guy knows that his opponent is taller than him and has a longer reach, and he decides to fight mid range. What idiot told him to do that? What idiot told him to do that? And I don't know if his trainer told him to do it, or his coach, or his manager, or someone. I don't know who told him. But whoever told him that, you got to take accountability for this loss. Now, I did hear that he was supposed to fight someone else, but that fight didn't happen, so Mike Plania was a replacement fight. I don't know how true it is. I've read it somewhere. I don't know how true it is, but even if that's true, and if that was his game plan for the previous opponent that they had um, and it works for him to fight mid-range, and then you get a new opponent, you shouldn't even use that same strategy. And I don't, I don't even know why he he doesn't just do the thing that got him to where he is. He got to this position because he would box on the inside and knock the fuck out of guys. That's what he was doing. That's why he brought the pillow out. That's why his pillow got all these nice stitching on it, right? His pillow cost a thousand. All his pillows cost a thousand dollars and up. Because he spent a lot of money on it. And you got that money because you was knocking motherfuckers out. And you was knocking motherfuckers out because you was fighting on the inside. So why did you or your team decide to switch it up now? 
Why? Why? Because you wanted to, what, prove that you was a boxer? I don't know. No. You don't, like, I don't I don't know who told him. I really don't. And Josh Regret, I'm not taking all the blame off him neither. Because as someone in there who's losing round after round and getting knocked down, the idea and the thought that maybe I should change it up and go on the inside and fight my game shouldn't have come so late in the fucking fight. It shouldn't take you eight rounds. Eight rounds. It should take it should not take you eight rounds and two knockdowns for you to finally think, you know, maybe I should change it up. Because if I'm in a boxing ring, if I lose three rounds in a row, nah, I gotta change something up real quick, okay? He doing this, he doing that, you know, let me try this, let me try that. And maybe the thing I try and, and maybe doesn't even work. But I know I'm not going to do whatever I'm doing that's making me lose those three rounds. I know that. Then let alone he knocked you down. Come on, yo. Yo, he knocked you down. You still didn't put your hands up? He knocked you down and you get caught by the same shot and went down twice by the same shot? You, you kidding me? Jesus Christ, man. What are you doing in the ring, man? Come on, my guy. Joshua Gray, come on, my guy. Ah. I really wanted him to win that fight, but, you know, in boxing, anything can happen. And my guy lost. You know, Joshua Gray lost. He took it like a champ. And I appreciate that. I appreciate he didn't have no excuses for it. I like that he didn't have no excuses for it. He's going to move on with his life. So salute to Joshua Gray, and I hope he comes back better than ever. And the last thing I'm going to rant about in this fight, not this fight, in this podcast, this podcast is not a fucking fight, is uh, the 147-pound division, because frankly... I think I'm sick of these motherfuckers already. I think I really am. I like Keith Thurman. I really do. Why the hell are you so fucking fragile? Why the hell do you wake up with a new injury every fucking day? This motherfucker walk down the stairs and he breaks his ankle. This nigga reach on the top of the cupboard for some cereal. He break his fucking shoulder. This nigga go outside the run. And you break your fucking knee? What the hell is wrong with this guy with a new injury every fucking year, man? This guy, like... I've seen basketball players retire because of injuries. And Keith Thurman, I'm not saying you should retire. But I think you need to have a backup plan. Because these injuries, you're getting injured too much. You really are. And I don't know if you got to drink more milk to make your bones stronger. If that's even scientifically proven to work. But you got to stop getting fucking injured. You really fucking do. Danny Garcia. You have to win a big fight. 
simple as that. Just just win a big fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, he had two big fights against Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. He lost both of them. Don't get me wrong, I like Danny Garcia. He's beating all these military guys up, no problem. But you gotta win a big fight, my guy. Sean Porter, keep doing your thing, man. I love you. Sean Porter holding it down for him. He fights anyone and everyone. And win or lose, he makes it a good fight. Nothing wrong with Sean Porter. He's perfect. He's the only perfect boxer I've ever seen. He may have losses, but whenever you see Showtime, Sean Porter, you know you're going to get 100% and you are going to get a show. He is the Russell Westbrook of boxing. Love you, Sean Porter. Earl Spence, my guy, the truth. Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, Bud. I don't know who thought of that nickname, Bud. I don't know who the fuck thought of that nickname for him, Bud Crawford. You two motherfuckers, y'all need to fight each other. Frankly, I'm tired of waiting. I really am. I know I haven't been waiting that long. It's only been like, what, a year and a half that I've been waiting for that fight to happen. But it needs to happen. It needs to happen already. It really does. The fans are tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I want to see it happen. I don't care if it's on ESPN or PBC Fox or TBS. Hell, you could fucking put it on VH, VH1 or MTV for all I give a damn. You could put it on the E! channel and have Kim Kardashian be the goddamn host. I don't give a fuck. I want to see the fucking fight happen. I need to see it happen. And the funny thing about it is that... Of all the big fights that I want to see, right? Even though Deontay Wilder lost, I want to see him fight Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fred, they just signed a two-fight contract. I want to see Canelo versus uh, Demetrius Andrade or uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I want to see a Caleb Plant versus a Colum Smith or David Benavidez. I want to see a Charlo fight any big name I want to see <laughs> Teofimo Lopez well nah him and Lomachenko they're gonna fight but I want to see Mikey Garcia fight Lomachenko I want to see Javante Davis fight Ryan Garcia I want to see these big fights happen I do and I believe that they're gonna happen but for some reason the Terrence Crawford and the Earl Spence fight I, it's the only fight that I want to desperately see that I believe will not ever happen. I don't know. It just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. I don't see it happening. And I don't know if it's going to be because of Earl Spence and his team. Or Ten Scruff and his team. It might be because of the both. I don't know. I want to see it. Ha- I, I don't see it happening. I don't. I can't even give you a reason why. It's just a feeling I have in my bones. Feeling in my gut, and why did I even start? Oh yeah, all these fighters in 147. I went on a long tangent there, but all these fighters in 147 need to stop chasing after Manny Pacquiao. 
How old is Manny Pacquiao? 41, 42? Would you even get respect for beating a 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao? Like, for real. If Earl Spence fights Manny Pacquiao and obliterates him, would y'all respect it? Or would y'all say, eh, you know, that's what he's supposed to do. If Terrence Crawford fights Manny Pacquiao and knocks him out, would y'all give Terrence Crawford respect? Or would y'all say, eh, you know, he's a number one and number two pound, you know, he, he's supposed to do that. I, I don't think I would. I'll be honest, I, I don't think I would. And you can say that Pacquiao, he's still one of the all-time grades. He beat Keith Thurman, which was incredible. It really was incredible. It really was incredible. Like I, I don't think a lot of people know how incredible it was that Pacquiao beat Keith Thurman. I don't think, he, I don't even think Pacquiao knows how incredible it was that he beat Keith Thurman. But like I said before. Of all the fighters at 147 that Pacquiao chose to fight, he chose the most fragile out of all of them. He chose the most fragile out of all of them. He chose Keith Thurman. The guy who wakes up with a new injury every single day. The guy who just came off a two-year injury layoff. He fought um, Jose Zito Lopez and he got hurt in that fight. And Lopez is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. He's a good fighter. But he wasn't on no caliber where he should have even stood a chance against Keith Thurman. Keith, one time Thurman, the guy who at one point was the king of 147. For like, you know, like a like a good year he was. Like one good. After he beat Porter and Garcia, he was like the king of that division for like a good year. But Pacquiao, he fought the most fragile guy. So, yes, you can say that it was great. And like I said, it was incredible. But you know what would have been better? What if Pacquiao would have fought Sean Porter? The guy who really, I've never seen Sean Porter hurt. Ever. In life. Yeah, he got dropped in a couple fights. But you ever heard about him getting sick? Getting injured? You ever think he broke a bone? Or nothing. Nothing of the sorts. Or even Danny Garcia, who has probably the toughest chin in that whole division. The guy who can take bomb after bomb after bomb and still have the strength to counter you. Or maybe a Earl Spence who is literally a middleweight in the welterweight division. Or Terrence Crawford, you know, number one, number two, pound for pound, best fighter in the world. That would have been impressive, don't you think? But Pacquiao knows that he's 42 years old, so that's why he chose Keith Thurman, the most fragile welterweight champion.
And I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a slight on Keith Thurman because, yeah, yeah, I'm slighting you, Keith Thurman. I, I really fucking am. Because at one point, I had Keith Thurman in my top five pound for pound list. I did. I had him in my top five. But then out of nowhere, this guy went from a boxer to fucking Rayman. You know, Rayman got his limbs missing and everything. That's what Keith Thurman is. This guy, he, he got missing limbs. He's always fucking injured. But stop chasing Pacquiao. It's no point. Well, there's a point. You know, it's a good, very good payday. But I don't really think it does anything real to your legacy. Because... If Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, or Spencer Crawford, or any of these guys, if they beat Manny Pacquiao, if they beat Manny Pacquiao in like a clear decision or by a clear knockout, I'm not going to give you the credit because Manny Pacquiao is 42 years old. I'm saying right now, I think a lot of the judges, not the judges, the, the fans is not going to give you credit because Manny Pacquiao is 42 years old. And the boxing analysts in the media, they might give you some credit, but they're not going to give you much credit because Manny Pacquiao is 42 fucking years old. And if you win the fight by a split decision or if it was even a close fight, they are going to make you feel smaller and they're going to big up Manny Pacquiao. Even if one of them beat Manny Pacquiao and there was... Like a like a one sixteen one fourteen type fight, or if one judge even says one fifteen one fifteen, and it was like a clip. Well, no, that's not. It's one fourteen one fourteen. I know math. One fourteen one fourteen, or even one fifteen one thirteen type fight. They're gonna make you feel small because Manny Pacquiao is forty two years old. And you telling me that this 42-year-old man was able to keep up with this 28-year-old? And this 28-year-old who's in the prime of his athletic career, he couldn't get this guy out of here? This guy that is 16 years older than him. Or 10 years older than him. 12 years, however fucking old these guys are. But Manny Pacquiao is a decade over older than you and you couldn't get him out of there okay and my goodness don't let one of them lose don't let one of them lose Keith Thurman lost and now they don't even consider Keith Thurman a like a elite fighter anymore they consider him mid-tier or high mid-tier or like a at most a gatekeeper but that's most because he's fragile and keeps getting injured. I love you, Keith Damien. Please come back. But don't let Manny Pacquiao beat one of you guys. Manny Pacquiao, if he beats Earl Spence, you know what everyone's going to say? All the hype on Earl Spence, man. Y'all was hyping him up all these years, man. He, he, he ain't nothing. Who don't let Manny Pacquiao beat Terrence Crawford? Oh my goodness. If Manny Pacquiao beats Terrence Crawford, they will throw Terrence Crawford 
under the bus and back up two times over him. They would say they would literally say that Terrence Crawford is the most hyped up boxer of all time, and I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. Of all the greatness that Terrence Crawford has shown and has given us and has displayed throughout his entire career and throughout his entire life, that one loss to Manny Pacquiao will make all that go out the window. It really would. People already don't think that Terrence Crawford is as good as I say he is or as good as people say he is. Because I think that Terrence Crawford is the second best fighter in the world. Even if you say he's the number one pound for pound greatest fighter in the world, I wouldn't even dispute that. Because him and Lomachenko, it's a toss up. But a lot of people don't think that he's that good. A lot of people don't think that he's better than a Earl Spence or a Sean Porter or Danny Garcia or he's better than any other elite superstar names in boxing. They don't think that. So imagine if you take a 1 million gallon bucket of gasoline and you pour it on the fire of the Terrence Crawford haters by him losing to Pacquiao his career might be over after that or it, it technically won't be over because he he'll still come back and be beating everyone up but as far as him being a superstar name getting millions of dollars per fight yeah that that might be over but stop Stop chasing Pacquiao. I don't see any good in chasing Pacquiao. I don't see it. Like I said, the money, the payday is good. I'll give you that. The payday is good. I'll give you that. But a lot of you guys, they already make millions of dollars. You don't think Terrence Crawford makes millions of dollars per fight? Or Aerospace makes millions of dollars per fight? They already do. Stop chasing Pacquiao. So I guess that's all for the rant. It went way longer than I thought it would be. I expected this to be just like 15, 20 minutes. It's almost 45 minutes. But I'm done. Uh, Stay tuned. It's not a fucking TV channel. Uh, Look out for the next episode that will be coming Hopefully next week. Hopefully I don't get bored or tired or procrastinate next week's episode where I will talk about some more of these top rank ESPN fights. And I'm going to have another rant and probably be mad about some more crappy fights on TV. So look out for that next week. And Marquise Rawls signing out officially. <laughs>